Next on BYUSN, what can BYU men's basketball do at this point to improve the trajectory of this season? And looking ahead to year one in the Big 12, what's the minimum benchmark for Hoops success? Fantastic questions for a fantastic show. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, January 24th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton alongside a man who I just learned purged his closet recently, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, so I had a few, uh, you know, uh, well, I needed some more hangers. And uh -huh. I was like, I'm not going to buy more hangers. I'm going to get rid of some clothes because if I don't wear these, what's the point, right? So, uh, yeah, you know what? The brothers-in-law and uh, the father-in-law sometimes benefit from the from some of the stuff. Yes. I benefit from yes. them being amazing and the one brother-in-law who has a pool. So, yes, it's a fair it's a fair trade. You need to find the friend with the boat. We need to find the friend have, with the boat. I do have a boat friend. Oh, you got a boat friend yes, now. I do. Slide him some BYU swag. Yeah. Okay. He knows who he is. It's he a good play. It's a wise play. Yeah, it's so, about, he's about to text me. <laughs> on today's show, Panthers left guard Brady Christensen. He can afford a boat uh, on year two in the league, the mm -hmm. emergence of more Cougars in the NFL. Sharon Hall, an obvious need for the Dallas Cowboys. We'll tell you why. The piece of Cosmo art we want in the Museum of Art ASAP. Or Moa, if you know. Okay. And the top five wins over St. Mary's because, hey, the Gales are in town on Saturday. Here are today's headlines. Beginning with some BYU football news. Former Cougars Caleb Hayes and Harris Lachance both in Pasadena practicing for this week's NFL PA Bowl. Both are playing on the American team coached by Jeff Fisher. Chance to improve that NFL draft stock. Get on some radars of different NFL teams. The game happens Saturday, 6 Eastern at the Rose Bowl, live on NFL Network. Well, hey, the Utes and the Cougs playing in the Rose Bowl. How about that? Mm. Maybe BYU will win this one, though. Men's volleyball moves up a spot to number 12 in the ABCA coaches poll. Sean Olmstead is the voter. Kept BYU at 14 all three weeks. His poll, uh, his votes were the exact same as last week. I wonder if he didn't submit it on time. Um, <laughs> that's just me, though. The Cougars play at UC Irvine Wednesday and Friday on ESPN+. Dang it, I forgot. He's like, uh, just keep it the same. Let's talk about some more rankings. BYU men's indoor track and field ranked number seven and the women in at number 20. This after just one week of competition, the teams will compete in the Razorback Invitational this weekend. And gymnastics, uh, gymnasts, the Anissa Alvarado, Rebecca Ripley are an MRGC Specialist of the Week in the bars and floor scoring career highs of 9925 in each event. Congratulations. Fantastic stuff. All rise and shout. It is time for What's Trending. More of that, please. BYU men's basketball preparing for St. Mary's What's Trending, presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. Jerem, we just saw some of the highlights of the season. None of those were from last year. That was fun. No, yeah. no, not yeah. during the losses at the Bay Area. I wish they were. What changes can BYU men's basketball make at this point of the season to improve the trajectory for the remainder of the season? <sighs> tough because you're 23 games into 31 regular season games, right? Uh, or something like that. Um, okay, there's a few ideas. I mentioned yesterday. Is it time to consider starting Rudy Williams uh, for Dallin Hall? I know okay. it was one good week. Uh, it wasn't, you know, a spell of four or five games, but I just wonder if Rudy Williams is your best option immediately, um, you know, leading the team in scoring. 
amazing two-game set, his, his best two-game set of scoring in his career. Um, maybe it's time for that. I, I don't know. Will it make that big of a difference? You're searching for answers. Um, maybe try it. Does BYU try to value possession more? 24th worst turnover percentage in the country right now, 22%. Is it too late to change that offensive philosophy? Or can you just be like, listen, we value the ball more, so this is too aggressive. Or this, you don't want to take away from uh, plays of aggression that lead to good things, but you also want to not turn it over. you got to get a shot up to make a shot. Come on. Can Foose be a, a bigger part of the offense? Can his usage rate go up? And then I want more Spencer Johnson. In league play. He's shooting 64% from three. Like, more sets for him, more shots from him. Maybe an okay shot from him is better than a good shot for some of the other guys on the team. Those are four thoughts that come to mind. More Spencer is always the answer, Jerem. On this program, typically <laughs> that's the case. I'm going to spin off your second point, and that is dealing with pace of play. I feel like BYU is clearly in a rush a lot. And I don't know if I, design, I yeah. don't know if I want them to be purposely and intentionally as much. What do you want? Try and limit turnovers and value possession more. That was the phrase so you used. Slow down value, a little bit. Just slow down a little bit. Okay. Because Tempo, BYU is 35th in the country. It's so fast. And I feel like that is a huge part of why BYU is turning the ball over a lot, is because they're just trying to go fast. And Mark Pope told us that. We want to play at a lightning pace. We really want to go. That's how we feel like we have an advantage. That advantage has now resulted in BYU turning the ball over 16-plus times a game. I, that's just too many. And so maybe just at certain junctures of the game, times of the game, just slow down a little bit, be a little bit more methodical with possessions. I don't know if BYU is in a position at this point of the season to be able to do that. Yeah, it's pretty deep in. But I would love to just see a change of pace a little bit. Mix things up on offense. Don't always just go fast, fast, fast and punch it into Foose and just I'd, I'd love for it to start there. Slow it down just a little bit. And it doesn't have to be the whole game, especially against St. Mary's. St. Mary's is a team that will absolutely obliterate you if you turn the ball over 15 or 16 times. I think if BYU has 12 turnovers, I'm concerned. Yes. Like, like there are fewer possessions in this game absolutely. because their pace is yes. so slow. So pace of play right there is one thing that I would like to see change to try and help. 11th slowest in the country. St. Mary's. Yeah, St. So Mary's. slow. You turn the ball over 16 times against that team, you're done. That's tempo. Average posi uh, possession link is sixth slowest I know. in America. Princeton's that like, they are so fast. That's what, that's what I'm saying. And, and maybe it, it, it's because it is St. Mary's week, because I just thought, oh, gosh, here comes the team that's – so slow and so smart and so disciplined. If BYU turns the ball over 16 times, they're going to lose on their home floor by double digits. St. Mary's is that just easily is that good. easily happen in this game. Yeah, yeah, St. Mary's is really good. BYU's got to play a good game like they did against Gonzaga. Secondly, BYU's defense, through 10 games into the season, we were all like, oh, man, the defense is they're playing hard. You know, their, their metrics were really good. Now they've slid to number 172 in defensive efficiency. They have gotten markedly worse as the season has gone on. I feel like if you want to get better like and quick and you can make some changes immediately, you start on the defensive side of the basketball. BYU has not played good defense. They have not been good off of ball screens. They have, the hedges have just not been as aggressive as they were early in the season. Maybe teams are figuring out how to get around BYU and their defensive philosophy, but I, mix it up, throw in some zone looks more often. Just change things up because everybody knows what BYU is right now. 
I feel like BYU is an easy team to scout right now. 23 games in. Switch things up. Give offenses different looks. Throw a zone in. Throw different types of zones in against St. Mary's just to throw them off pace a little bit. See if that will help. BYU is always going to like be aggressively rebounding, and I appreciate that. Yeah. They play hard. Still a good rebound. I just don't think the man-to-man defense and, and what they're trying to do right now is, is good enough, and it's a little bit predictable, and they're a little bit slow in their rotations. You can fix those things. I, I feel like that is fixable even at this point of the season is defensive rotations, effort, looks, uh, throwing some zone, some zone looks, things like that. Those are the types of things I'm looking for for BYU. BYU is still 32nd in defensive efficiency, so that's pretty good. Maybe they're better than we think. BYU has lost one game by double digits. I don't, I don't know that BYU is super far off sort of correcting some of these things because they're not getting destroyed. They came back against USF. Santa Clara's a close game at the end. It's, it's disappointing that BYU is losing, but I don't uh, – th- this team's 14-9, but they're not getting blown out of the water. One lo- Think of some of the tough games. One double-digit loss was to UVU. One. Yeah, San Francisco weird. felt not as close as it was. Right, they came back. That one's deceptive. But overall, kind of weird. Topic two. If making a bowl game is the minimum standard for success uh, in football in year one of the Big 12, what is it for men's basketball? <laughs> well, I did just go by the numbers to answer this question. If BYU getting to a bowl game is six wins, going 6-6 six and six in the regular season in the 500 record, then why would we not set the mark right at about 500 for men's basketball? Too high. You feel like it's too high. Too high. I feel like BYU... 500 is pretty good. So in I, I feel like BYU can not as aggressively schedule in the non-conference. Welcome to what Utah did in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we were like, what do you do? No, no. I you get it. You get it. And that's the Pac-12, not the Big 12, the number one basketball conference in America. Here's what I'm asking for. It, let's say BYU plays 13 non-conference games like they did this year. They will. Yeah? They can schedule light enough to go 10-3 and three yeah. in the non-conference. That's the hope. Okay. Yeah. And then 6-12 and 12 in Big 12 play would give you 16 wins. That's exactly wins, what I said, 16, Let's go. 16 <laughs> Six wins and, and yep. 15 losses, just a hair above 500. And we're doing this based off of what we're seeing with this year's team and this roster, right? Because we don't know what other potential pieces could come into play. Well, I – Yes, I. The transfer portal. I'm kind of just the average BYU team the last couple of years. Obviously, this is probably, uh, well, this is Mark Pope's, um, you know, worst team of the four right now. Yeah. Um, The first year was the best, the second year. So it's it's kind of, we're on a little slide here, but when you win three games in the NIT, I'm not going to call you a bad team. No. Um, I wouldn't even call this team bad. It's just not up to standard, um, which is, they're not in the NIT. As of right now, I don't think BYU makes the NIT. They can climb into the NIT, but looking next year, yes, I say 6-12 and 12 as well. I say, yes, non-con, you'll play in one MTE that is challenging, but if it's, it depends on the MTE, so multi-team event. So basically around Thanksgiving, you go and play in a tournament. It's not Maui, we know that. It's not Battle for Atlanta. So it, maybe it's Diamond Head or something where you can win two of those three. If it's Maui or, uh, you know, Atlantis, those are tough. Like, if you win one game, you're like, nice work, everybody. That's what happened this year with BYU. Um, and in non-conference, if you can go 10-3, great. San Diego State's going to come to Provo. That's a tough game. You're probably going to play at Utah. Do you play Utah State at all? Maybe, maybe uh, not. Maybe not, right? Um, probably do you play, need it? You don't need it. Probably still play Weber State. Maybe there's yeah. some Idaho State, a Southern Utah There's more, there. more of these other games yeah. that when you look at the schedule, you go, what? 
well, do you want BYU to make the postseason or not? Like, in football, are, are you calling for uh, Miami and Ohio State to uh, be on the non-conference schedule in football? No! We're calling for one P5. And maybe it's Utah, maybe it's not. Next year it's Arkansas, right? Um, because we want to make a bowl game in football. Like, you had... You have to schedule a certain way for success. I've been calling for this for a while, obviously in the Big 12. That's tougher. That's awesome. We want that challenge. We also want that TV money. Like, this is part of the deal. And in men's hoops, sure. you have to schedule way easier. You have to mail it in to a certain degree. You, ca- you can't be the WCC team clamoring for quad ones and twos because you have too many in league. And 6 and 12 is the number for me as well. A nice third if you go six and twelve, like you have six good wins, dude. Yes, and I you know. Have twelve, not bad losses. Like BYU is going to enter the era in league where there's now a single loss that is bad. <laughs> they will all be good to the committee where they'll go. Well, look at that schedule. They play in the well, number one rated schedule. conference in America. And look, they got seven power, yeah. uh, quad one wins. They have seven quad like, one what? wins and went six and twelve That's, in conference. Yes, and BYU walks into Kansas City. Visits Andy Reid's house for a cheeseburger and hopes to win one game in the Big 12 tournament next year. And go, are we good enough? Are we good enough? And, and the answer is probably going to be no at that record. But it's like, okay, we're in the NIT. Yeah. We're building. We're gathering. We're getting great recruits because this is high-level ball. We had some nice wins. Oh, we got like... Colin Chandler's coming back from a mission. We got Kansas State at home. or what? And we got so and Like, you build off that and we'll just have to take our lumps for a couple years. In a few sports, not soccer and volleyball and cross country. They'll be ready immediately. They'll, they'll be winning league titles within the first couple of years. But, yeah, that's, that's probably the way. Man, uh, yeah, 16 and 15. And, again, this is, let me clarify, minimum standard for minimum. sixes. Minimum. minimum. We're not talking about, like, what BYU could do. Not like, that would be great. It's like, no, I would say that's, that's a good start. Sure. Because you're, you're a startup. You're not an established business, if you will. Yeah. I said the football. The business model is different. Could I got footballs over under seven and a half right now? You know, like not making. I'd go six and a half. Like year one, we don't know what it's going to be like. We're just starting this thing. Minimum threshold basketball. Yeah, yeah we agree. Maybe a hair over five hundred and thirty-one games. Our question of the day. But before we get to that, actually, this Justin BYU women's basketball forward Lauren Gustin has been named one of fifteen players, Jerem, on the Naismith Women's Defensive Player of the Year watch list. Very nice. Not surprising because she's averaging. A nation's best 16.3 rebounds per game. She's so defensive. <laughs> She's a defensive player. She's unbelievable. She's Another prestigious list to be on. ESPN named her one of the top 40 players in the country a few yeah. weeks back at number 36. And she's only making her resume better right now. Okay, now for our question of the day. If making a bowl game is the minimum standard for success for BYU football in year one of Big 12 play, what is it? for BYU men's basketball. Mm. Ryan on Twitter says, I'm looking more for recruiting wins than basketball wins in year one and possibly year two. Great point, Ryan. And yes, winning adds to that, but that is is it. Like Just BYU being in that league, we hope and expect and pray that BYU can recruit at a higher level because better players equal winning. That's just a scientific fact. I still want to go 500 in year one. Just like, go easy in the non-con. Get your 10 wins there and then find a way to piece together six wins in conference. That'd be awesome. Four and four at home. You always got a huge home court advantage. Go four and four in your eight home games. I'd take three and five right now. Okay. <laughs> like, but then you got to win three on the road to get to six. Yeah, well, it depends. Like, at USF, ain't at 
Kansas or Bailey. You know what I mean? Like, there's a few that doable. All depends what it is. Let's see. Hey, come out with that schedule, too. Woo. I heard soccer and volleyball are done, but they just haven't published football? Yeah, I learned, con- I learned by the way, contractually, yeah. the football schedule has to be out by February 1st. Oh. Contractually. It has to be. So we'll have it by then. Well, well, there Dave McCann. Go. There you go. Check out BYU Basketball with Mark Pope tonight. It's the coach, Gregor Bell, and Richie Saunders. Look ahead to the St. Mary's game this Saturday. Plus, Rudy Williams in the film room. Deep Blue Profile, Spencer Johnson, 830 Eastern on the BYU TV. Up next, we turn our attention to Cougars in the NFL with Brady Christensen. After a successful hey. year, too, he's back. He's rehabbing his ankle and pushing forward. What's next for him in the BYU O-line? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. We're doing it live in Studio B. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. And now we turn our attention to one of the many Cougars in the NFL making waves. He is back for the official offseason and rehabbing an ankle after surgery. Brady Christensen of the Carolina Panthers is back on BYU Sports Nation. Brady, it's great to see you. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's good to be back. Okay, so while you rehab an ankle and you're in the offseason, what do you do to pass your time? You watching soap operas? Is it the price price is right? Game shows? What's going on, man? You know, I'm kind of rerunning. Uh, I love reality TV shows like Survivor, Amazing Race. You know, just replay seasons kind of over and over again. That's kind of what I've been doing. Uh, watching, you know, some Netflix shows with my wife at night, but mostly just kind of hanging out with my son, letting him climb all over me, you know, wrestling. It's, it's been a good time. You know, I get to spend a lot of time with him, which in the season you don't have as much, so it's been awesome. Listen, you deserve a break because uh, you just finished year two in the league, and uh, I was looking up, uh, you know, snaps, like 695 snaps, 533 pass plays, only two sacks allowed. Are you proud of that uh, number, only two sacks allowed, or is zero the only acceptable number there? <laughs> zero is the only acceptable number. You know, I always say before the game, I always talk to the quarterbacks. They, they're, they're, sometimes they're talking about sacks. I'm like, don't even mention the word sack. That's not, that's not <laughs> our vocabulary. So, you know, it, it, was, it was an awesome season. You know, it was it, obviously first season uh, full guard. Um, started every game at left guard. And so that was good to settle down at guard and kind of have that transition. It was it was incredible season. Obviously, a lot of ups and downs with our coaches getting fired at the end of the season. But then to finish off our season like we did under our uh, next head coach, Coach Wilkes, it was, it was incredible. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. So I'm glad you brought up the changes. You had a few at quarterback and, of course, with the staff. How did that impact your season with the Panthers? Yeah, it, it was tough, you know, like – your head coach gets fired. That's not an easy day. And then uh, basically like the next day they trade Christian McCaffrey. So one of your good friends, you know, is just gone out of there. Um, super happy for him. I hope he keeps going and just killing it. But yeah, that was challenging. Um, we had a, the, the one saving grace. We had a super close O-line and our O-line coach was incredible. And so we just kind of rallied together up front and just really stayed close as a group. And I think as a whole team, we came together. Uh, through those hard times and, and, and had a great run at it towards the end. And you're only, you know, one game off the pace uh, in, in the division. You know, a, a, a losing record is going to win it from somebody. It happened to be the Bucks. What was this year like um, in, in contending for uh, a division title? Because you can't control what everyone else is doing. You can just try and win that title yourself. 
Yeah, it was, you know, we played a meaningful game in January, which it was incredible. We didn't have that last year. You know, each game in December was huge for us. And we knew we were right in it, uh, in the thick of things. And so it was fun to play those meaningful games and have those meaningful snaps. You know, hopefully next year we really just build upon that. And, you know, we're playing games into Jan- January and February because that's that's what it's all about is playing the playoff games. I just watch those games. And I'm like, man, I want to be out there. So so it's good, you know, stepping stone. We just got to kind of let it propel ourselves in, into next season. Well, speaking of next season, you are trying to rehab that ankle. How are you feeling right now? And what does the next few months and, and uh, the rehab course look like for you? Yeah, I'm uh, feeling good. Um, had surgery last Tuesday. So I basically had a high ankle sprain and then uh, fractured the fibula too. So they had to put mm. some screws in there and then do a couple things with the high ankle sprain um but feeling good it's been a week since then uh just kind of rehabbing i'm off my feet right now you know um can't really walk for you know anywhere from two to four weeks and then kind of go from there ramp it up and hopefully i'll be really ramping it up by you know three months from now and really try and get back into it so i think by fall camp i'm i should be ready to go and you know have the strength back and and start my third year, um, you know, very healthy. That's the, that's the goal. Is that gnarly? You can't walk for two to four weeks? Yeah, it's gnarly. I have this scooter that I just scoot around. <laughs> my son has a little scooter, too, so we're just scooter buddies. We're just everywhere. <laughs> so that's awesome. Brady Christensen, one of the scooter buddies with us on BYU Sports Nation. I, I love that. Uh, how, does this, how does this impact your golf game, Brady? I know you're a big golfer. It's tough, you know, like you're, you lose so much of your golf in season now that I don't really get an off season. I think my game's going to go, you know, I might just have to focus on the short game, get get the putting going. <laughs> going. Uh, but my long game isn't great either. So I, I don't know, just, just <laughs> it's bad. That's, that's all it is. <laughs> this year was especially fun watching Cougars in the NFL. Like yourself, as you started, like you mentioned, all uh, all the games that left guard this year. And we saw for the first time not one but two thousand yard rushers. We never had one incredible rookie year from Tyler Algier. Jamal Williams, of course, leads the NFL in rushing uh, touchdowns. Uh, Fred Warner's crushing it. Andy Reid's doing his thing, of course, and many, many others. What, what's it like to see uh, sort of this uh, upward trajectory of Cougars in the NFL, not just being there but having an impact on uh, some notable teams? Yeah, it's been awesome. I mean, we had the opportunity to play Tyler Algier twice. And so to be able to watch him up close again, he's an incredible player. The thing about him, too, is what's so amazing is obviously he's an incredible rusher, but he does the the little things so well. He's such a great like pass blocker, and, and he gets out on screen so well. Um, it was really fun to watch him play this year. And then, yeah, we played Jamal, too, and Jamal had a career year. That was incredible to play him. And Taysom, obviously, doing his thing. You saw Fred, you know, playing basically DB against one of the best receivers in the league. Amazing. <laughs> incredible. Just incredible to see what those guys are doing. So it, it's been it's been fun to have, like, to play so many guys. And, you know, we always talk after the game. And, and it's, it's, it's been fun. Now, we feel BYU's presence in the NFL. What do you feel about BYU's presence in the NFL? And how is it resonating among your teammates and in other guys that you come across that are, are seeing you guys ascend from BYU? Yeah, I mean, basically, it almost felt like every game, you know, we were game planning against someone from BYU, you know, whether it be Fred or Sione the first game, you know, we had to be ready for him against the Browns. Like, even the defense, hey, be ready for Algier, you know, for these things. Like, 
all of a sudden all these BYU names just kept popping up during game planning. And I'm like, every time I was like, go Cougs, you know, obviously you want to want to go win, but I'm just happy to see the success of other Cougs in the NFL. And there's going to be several more. I, I think we're going to look back to 2018 and 19 and those teams uh, that were young and you were cutting your teeth at seven and six. And then obviously 2020 is a unique year and you guys explode on the scene. 2021 is amazing as well that we're going to go, oh my gosh, look at all these dudes in the NFL from like that group. Um, and that's going to be Jaron Hall and Blake Freeland and Puka Nakua and, and others. What's your advice to these dudes generally uh, through this process the next couple months and specifically for a guy like Blake, Blake Freeland and Harris LeChance to have, who have a legit shot at the NFL? Yeah, I think my one advice is to, you know, just trust yourself. It's so easy to play the game like, oh, am I going to get drafted? Where am I going to get drafted? Where are we going to live? You know, like, am I going to make a team? It's, there's so many unknowns and, and like, so many ifs. And it's, it, that, that can kind of get the best of you. But my advice is just focus on one thing at a time, you know, whether it be combine or pro day, you know, focus on that, you know, be the best guy you can be for that day. And then if you have an interview, you know, be the best guy you can be for that day. Really focus on just each event instead of looking at the big picture. And I think it will really, you know, help you stay focused on what's what's really important. Brady Christensen with us on BYU Sports Nation. Brady, you were the first offensive line draft pick from BYU in a 15-year span. You had to go all the way back to Scott Young in 2005 until you were drafted. Now we're anticipating that Blake Freeland for sure is going to go. We thought that maybe Campbell Barrington was going to be, or Clark, Clark and Campbell Barrington are both going to be there, but now they're at, Baylor so I mean we feel like they'll eventually get there but the point is has BYU now entered the stage again where it is a pipeline of offensive linemen into the NFL yes I'd love to see it too you know uh and it's, it's crazy to think that I was the first guy um drafted in 15 years but really I gotta give even credit before me you know you got Louis Louis if he was healthy he would have been a first round type of guy you know you got Tijon that made made an NFL roster you know just like those guys really started it and then just kind of kept it going. And there's so many guys on there that I, I look at. I'm like, those guys are NFL guys, you know. Even on this next year's O-line, you got like two or three NFL guys that you know about. And you know there's going to be other guys that pop up into the scene. So it's just incredible. That's what BYU should be. We should be getting all the best O-linemen, you know. You know, just big, strong, physical dudes because that's where it all starts. And so it's just like I see those transfer transfers coming in too and it's like – BYU should be the O-line school of Utah and honestly, really, of college football, I think. It's a position, BYU, you can recruit. Um, you don't have to yeah. go outside sort of the demo um, to find those guys, which is uh, exciting. You can get, like, a, a skinny kid from Bountiful and make him a third-rounder, you know? Like, it, it happens. <laughs> um, yeah. King, Kingsley Suamata'ia is going to be the next guy. Uh, Connor Pay was the second-highest-rated yep. pass blocker in America. Perhaps he's another guy. We'll see. It's super exciting. Um, BYU in the Big 12, we, we've been talking about it. We're going to talk about it for a long time. We're wondering what kind of recruiting impact that's going to make. Walk us through sort of what you think as an athlete who was recruited by BYU but chosen independent, right? Uh, BYU as a Big 12 member, like how much better can the recruiting be given that BYU has access to a unique athlete already and members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and others who want this situation? Yeah, I think if anything, obviously BYU should be the front runner for any, you know, LDS kid who's playing football. You know, I mean, you got the great opportunity to go to incredible school, so many great programs, 
And then football-wise, too, it's, it's top. It's top-notch. I mean, even the past few years, I've said so many guys at the NFL, like, it, like it's, it's just everything about it is just top-notch. So I think it's going to be incredible. And the football, I mean, playing in a P5 conference against Baylor and, you know, all those guys, it, it's going to be incredible to watch. And, and I think they really set it up for a good first year. It's going to be tough for them. But, you know, they, they're starting to get the depth. They're getting the transfer portal, portal guys in, and, and it's just like they keep reloading every year. So it's been fun to watch. I'm excited to see them ball out and see the recruits keep falling in love with BYU and just keep coming. We're talking with Carolina Panthers offensive lineman Brady Christensen after two successful years in the NFL. At this point, can we call you a veteran, Brady? Have we yeah. reached that status? Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, the third game of the third year, I think you're – officially you know getting more of that <laughs> so definitely not i'm still a young guy well i'm old guy but still young guy and they all call me the old guy because you know i said i was 25 year old rookie but yeah i'm still young as terms to nfl wise we were talking yesterday with one of the men's volleyball freshmen named trent Mosier, who has the super unique game day routine that includes taco bell and a hot tub and cold shower and inside out socks do everything weird like that on game day or superstitions along those lines I think I have the boringest game day routine ever. I eat at the exact same time. <laughs> I do my you know hot tub at the same time. I like. I, I really just have the routine where I'm just doing the exact same things, just so I'm locked in and there's no distractions. One, one thing I love is uh, our coach, uh, Coach Campin. He's an unbelievable man. Before every game, he kind of gets the football and he he smells it, and kind of sniffs it, you know. And you know, he's saying whatever in his head to help us play good, you know, saying a little prayer, doing whatever he's doing. I think that's the one of the coolest traditions ever. And some people, you know, give him a hard time. But I think it's all awesome to watch him just smith that football for minutes on, on end and just getting ready, you know, mentally ready for the game. I Min- love Minutes that. on end? <laughs> he, he does it for quite a while. It's, it's, it's pretty incredible. He's got to <laughs> do his thing. Like spray some lavender on there or something? Like, what's going on? <laughs> he just loves the smell of football. He's just hey. the ultimate football. I love it. That's great. Fantastic insights and stories from Brady Christensen. Brady, always nice to catch up with you. Let's send you some BYU Sports Nation karma to heal up quickly. Good luck uh, with season 38 of Survivor. Keep on your, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Season 38 of Survivor and season three of the NFL, man. Best of luck to you. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, guys. Awesome to see you. Awesome to talk to you guys. Brady Christensen, one of the greats. He's awesome, dude. One of the greats. This thing you had, you know, little little Brady, little Blake on the same line, you know. Red Brady tackle. was two hundred and twenty pounds. That's why I say a skinny for an offensive lineman, skinny kid out of Bountiful, third round pick starting the NFL. Two hundred and twenty cool. pounds when he was recruited to BYU. Um, John, by the way, just texted <laughs> both of us and said, "I smell my leather scripture covers before I teach." Gets me psyched up. Mm-hmm. So um, everybody's I got a pregame. Everyone's got a deal. Everybody's got a pregame. We have our microphone. We're just. Yeah, we just smell them before. It's like super weird. Yeah. Anyway, uh, (laughs) it's going to be weird Saturday night, too, hopefully, for St. Mary's. BYU gets after it. 9 Eastern time, BYU Sports Station game day. We got a full hour of pregame coverage. Final time in the Marriott Center as members of the West Coast Conference, head of the game on ESPN2 and BYU Radio. Hey, you name the superstition that it takes to beat St. Mary's, and I'll be involved. Okay? Whatever it takes. Shave your head. Okay, maybe not that. (laughs) Up next. Is Jaron Hall an obvious need for the Dallas Cowboys of all teams? This is BYU Sports Nation. Don't bring that drum on us. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, 
official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The interactive show and get some content throughout the day. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. John, by the way, adds faux leather just doesn't cut it. No. It's got to be the genuine. It's got to be genuine leather with that stencil in there that has your name. Does it have the same smell as the pigskin on a brand new leather football, though? I don't think it does. Although, that could be, that's a business idea. Just, like, <laughs> scented scriptures. What if it was like, what if you made a scripture case out of football pigskin? Ooh, I like that. Like on a mission, you go and you get it made out of leather in yeah. like the native country. Like I had that, you know, these scriptures that are in some bin that I'm never going to look at. Copyright! I declare copyright! Thanks, Oscar. <laughs> Michael, you can't just say it. I didn't say it. <laughs> I, I declared, declared it. Bankruptcy. <laughs> he is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. We are both not bankrupt. We declare that. Well, for now. Let's whip my, it. I think my dad was. Positive thoughts. Out. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. We talked yesterday about if, uh, you know, there's any Big 12 pride in the three or four quarterbacks left in the uh, NFL playoffs yeah. being former Big 12 quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Well, Reddit College Football tweeted the following. Four years ago, no starting quarterback from the Big 12 had ever won a playoff game. What? Three of the four remaining starters are from the Big 12. Then at Conference of 12 responded with this. Well, this is kind of true. It's forgetting Big 12 legends Jim McMahon and and Steve (laughs) Young. Are we okay with the WCCification of BYU legends into the Big 12? We bring this up because the first couple years of the Big 12, uh, the WCC, like in Vegas, it's like, oh, you know, they'd show these legends of the WCC. Jimmer Fredette. Jimmer Fredette was up there, and I go, wait, now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Jimmer never played a West Coast Conference game. Beat some West Coast Conference teams. Yes. Let me also gripe about a quick point here. Tyler Haas' freshman points were never included in the WCC points conversation because they weren't as a member of the league. So it's a convenience So thing? he's like seventh in the history or something. He would be like higher, third, or yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. I mean, this is funny. I, I like it as a tongue-in-cheek tweet, but like, if people think that this is serious, that now Steve Young and Jim McMahon qualify as Big 12 quarterbacks? No. You're out of your minds. No. Those guys those guys are from the whack. okay? Yes. Uh, by the way, um, there is a scripture case that looks like a football <laughs> for 20 bucks <laughs> on LDSbookstore.com. So there you go. I need it handcrafted. I'm gonna have, this is going to be like a custom specialty item. I need Billy Nixon to yes. forge <laughs> with his staff. Some scriptures. <laughs> to, to like Aragorn's sword in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> this was fashioned in the heat. From, from Keaton Slovis's first touchdown pass <laughs> in the Big 12. Yeah, you, it's not just any football. It's, like it's got to be like some classic They sell that football. for like $1,000. Yes, yeah. that's what I'm talking like about. That's the, the custom scripture case I'm looking for. Hey, speaking of the Big 12 and BYU, Jerem. Wait, what? <laughs> Dave Broberg, our guy within BYU Athletics, who does a fantastic job. This just happened 21 minutes ago. Posted this photo this morning. Do photos like this get you extra excited for July 1st? Seeing all the Big 12, uh, or in this case, Big 14 teams in there. Look in the lower right, by the way. Oklahoma, Texas just smashed into one. Like, oh, they're gone next gonna, year, probably. We're going to take this one out in yeah. a year, probably. So let's just put them on one. I don't know how they center it at that point. Maybe they just shift to the right. Shift the five anyway, over, yeah. Anyway, shout out to the website Vanquish the Foe, um, who tweeted, thanks for the shout out. Um, yeah. No, I, I love it. I, it's not a fish, though, until we see that on the Lavelle Edwards Stadium uh, field, which I hope we do for, like, spring ball. It's funny because... I anticipate we will. 
uh, yeah, I, I've said this to several people. It will all feel real when BYU, in whatever sport, plays their first actual Big 12 It'll be game. women's soccer. Yeah. yeah. Like when, when BYU women's soccer plays a Big 12 team into a conference game, and I'm like, okay, it actually happened. It's real. Yeah, it's life first. It'll feel real when we're partying on the, at the SAB or whatever. Yeah, let's go. Okay, yesterday, Trent Mosier of men's volleyball described his game day routine consisting of Taco Bell, hot tub, two minute long cold shower, wearing his socks inside out. Yeah. Is that the best athlete superstition or routine that you've heard of? Yes. I tried to think like intensely about, because we've asked this to a lot of athletes and yeah. usually it's like one thing. Mm -hmm. Th that specific of a routine, including the same meal and like you, that you order your own box from Taco Bell and the inside out socks, or what did it for me? Yeah. Like, what's better? What's better or more awkward or funny than that? I just googled it and I found a list of like pros. Okay. Oh, okay. Most of the weird ones involve urine. <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, other ones. A soccer team in Africa bathed in a rhino and crocodile-infested river once before a game. An MLB Why? player refused to turn right. I don't even know if these are true. I don't really care. It's funny. <laughs> Mike Bibby clipped his nails during timeouts. What? I got stories from my buddy who was a ball boy, by the way, in the NBA, along the lines of Mike Bibby and others. Okay. Fun stories. I thought uh, Off-air conversation. I thought I was weird. I couldn't leave the court like in warm-ups. I had to end, I had to leave the court after a make. I could not leave yeah. the court until I made the basket. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, now I'm set. I'm good. But that was like as superstitious my, as I got. Uh, yeah, Coach Treglown in uh, Elkridge Middle School, he, he taught me that as well. Wow. He was great. More football, Jerem, because it's football. Because football. The Dallas Cowboys official Twitter account had zero chill following their loss to the 49ers, posting gems yeah. like, what in quote, the world? when the Cowboys needed one of their top playmakers most, Tony Pollard's crushing injury served as a catalyst to their eventual spiral against the 49ers in the NFC Divisional Round on Sunday. There? You mean our? You're at <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. Mike McCarthy took to the podium following the loss of the 49ers to give his take on a season that had the opportunity to be special, but instead ended up being anything but. What in the world? This intern is fired. And this parting shot at quarterback Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott gave the ball away twice in a narrow loss to the 49ers in a matchup the Cowboys had a chance to win that they didn't, again, generate self-inflicted wounds. Whoa. Super weird. Was Jerry Jones tweeting from the Cowboys? <laughs> It's like Jerry Jones' His frustrations. Like grandson, <laughs> something. Tweet this. Granddaughter. Get it. I get an event. Are you okay with an official account taking perceived shots no. at a team like no. that? No, I'm not, I'm not okay. That's weird, man. <laughs> state, just, just state the facts, or I don't know. Those are like super opinionated yes. posts, as opposed to like a quote from somebody else where you attribute it. There, there are unwritten rules in this space. Uh, they broke a bunch of them. Yeah, Dak Prescott, yeah, he turned the ball over twice. One of the interceptions, I would say, okay, it was just like, whatever, bounced up into Fred's arms, fine. The first one was on him, but like, these are all like, well, he turned it over all by himself twice. You gonna blame the defense for allowing a touchdown late or no? Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and we will never do that from the BYU Sports Nation account for what it's worth. Well, not us, maybe somebody else, <laughs> not us though. Speaking of the Cowboys, do they need to look closely at Jaron Hall in the draft, if nothing else, to uh, have someone to give a needed hug to kicker Brent Mayer? Oh. He probably won't be on the team next year, let's be honest. I'm guessing they get rid of him after what happened in the playoffs. I I just, I don't care where Jaron goes. I just want him to go somewhere where he can sit behind a veteran and learn for a few years. Unlike Zach. Yes. But as the number two pick, you're certainly expected to get in there and go. Jaron's going to benefit from that. He's not going to be a top two round pick where he's expected to 
be the guy quick. I know the Indianapolis Colts are absolutely in love with Jaron Hall and think he's the next Russell Wilson. So maybe it's the Colts, but I that... want I want the Seahawks to get him in like the fourth. Great. Fifth. Well, yeah. Go and learn behind a veteran, whether it's Geno Smith or Matt Ryan or Dak Prescott. Like go and just soak it in, man. Learn from a learn from a vet in the NFL and then do your thing when your opportunity arises. If you missed any of our BYU TV sports interview shows, games, just want to watch them again, see them for the first time, whatever, go to BYUSN.com, download the free BYU TV app and get it all on demand. We prepare the only appropriate way you can for Saturday's showdown with St. Mary's by recapping the top five BYU men's basketball wins all time against St. Mary's. I don't want St. Mary's face after Saturday night. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. This is the energy we need Connor right now. Halford almost got destroyed there by Nate Austin. I never noticed that. Jeez. That was an uncalled foul on Nate Austin. He ran. <laughs> Welcome back to BYU Sports Station an live in Studio B. For the all-time foul leader. Yes. On Saturday, longtime West Coast Conference rival St. Mary's will come to town for the final time in BYU's West Coast Conference era. Let's go. To look ahead and give some good karma to BYU men's basketball, we roll out the top five BYU wins all time against St. Mary's. Number five, January 14th, 2021. BYU's 2-9 in Moraga as a WCC member, so any win there is big time. BYU held the Gales to 52 points on 38% shooting. Alex Barcelo has the Cougars with 14 points. Cougars won this game by 10. Barcelo greater than Cousy. It's the title of that game. <laughs> Not Bob Cousy. Number four, also in Moraga, once more for number four. BYU crushed the hopes and the Jersey retirement party of Tyler. Matthew Dellavedova, erasing a 14-point deficit to beat the Gales. BYU's all-time leading scorer, Tyler Haas, scored 18 points in a dramatic comeback win. It also gave us one of the greatest images ever from Eric Mika. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. Eric Mika will join us on the program later. <laughs> Number three, November 27, 2010 in the South Padre Island Invitational. BYU wins a nail-biter thanks to James Fredette. Having already scored 21 points, the future NCAA Player of the Year sank a go-ahead three to clinch the victory with 10 seconds left to win the Invitational title. Here it is. He pulls up and bang. Jim are special, uh, even in 280 pixels. <laughs> oh my God. Four by three, better than the mountain. <laughs> At least you can see the number on his jersey. <laughs> number two, FSN. in Provo. BYU looking for some redemption after an overtime loss to the Gales earlier in the season. There were six ties, 10 lead changes in this game before TJ Haas would ultimately hit the mean mug dagger three with just nine seconds remaining. Ugh! To get the win, 81-79. Incredible environment and win for a special team. And number one, 2018. BYU beats number 20 St. Mary's in the West Coast Conference Tournament Semifinals. The only child scored a 
career-high 33 at the time. Elijah Bryant added 25 of his own BYU advanced to the finals with an 85-72 win over the game. That was so glorious. BYU had lost, I think, like six or seven in a row against St. Mary's at that point. That's when the Gales were kind of what we thought were at the peak of their powers with Jock Landale and, oh my goodness, Jordan, Jordan Ford. BYU just brought the heat that and finally ended the losing streak against the Gales. Yeah. That was glorious. BYU needs something special to win Saturday. Yeah. Because St. Mary's, the, the, like metrically, this is the best St. Mary's team of all time. They're, they have never been ranked higher in Ken Palm. They're the sixth rated defense. They're unbelievable. Now they're nationally ranked at number 22. That's finally, like those, those metrics have finally been validated by a national ranking. Which took a sec, AP polls, whatever. Um, but, yes, they have that validation. And BYU's beaten them before with ranked teams. Has BYU beaten this good of a St. Mary's team with this kind of BYU team? It's going to be tough. But we've seen that BYU can play well and beat good teams in Utah, Creighton, Dayton, and others. And now BYU's got to show up on Saturday. I think the Rock and the crowd will have a great influence on this game. BYU can shoot the three well and defend. They cannot, like you talked about, turn it over at a 22% clip, no. which is bottom 10 in the country. They've got to value possession. They've got to play great defense. And listen, St. Mary's gets up for this game like BYU. This is the end of an era here. Let's go out with the dub. Make a mark against the Gales. This is the number one rival for BYU in the West Coast Conference, yes, in my we, opinion. We always, no, it's in everyone's opinion, Spence, no one thought it wouldn't be Gonzaga when we entered the league. We had no idea how much vitriol and mouth <laughs> Piecing, choke sign hating there would be between I've got a meme! St. Mary's face for crying out yes, loud. Yes, this, this is the rivalry. I'm, I'm anxious to see who it is in the uh, Big 12, by the way. Like, who in, 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 the, in the whack in Mountain West, right? There were like some weird ones with Wyoming and anciently with Hawaii. It was like them being mad at BYU, but BYU being like, what? We yeah. win most of the time. St. Mary's, it's been back and forth. It's, Absolutely. It's been there have been epic moments. Contested. And it yes. goes back to the Dell of a Dagger. And, and you then, have to have that. You yes. have to have some give and take. Who, who's BYU going to get in the Big 12? I'm excited mm, to see it. Maybe. But this is an end of an era at home here. The recruiting rival is Baylor. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's becoming a rivalry already. Uh, two coaches, uh, two football players, one basketball player. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. now it's formulating very quickly into yes, something is. like that. Okay, BYU Radio's Cougar pregame live has coverage Saturday night. 9 Eastern time, listen to BYU Radio ahead of the big game with the game. What is your minimum standard for success when it comes to BYU men's basketball in year one of Big 12 play? Toughest conference in America. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. That's a shot clock from Rudy Williams, part of this career high 28th this Saturday at USF. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. You can download the free BYU TV and BYU radio app. Subscribe, rate, and review to the pod. Great show today. Fun interview with Brady Christensen, top five wins over St. Mary's. If you missed any of it, as Jerem said, download the podcast, go back and watch it anytime you like. Our question of the day is this, if making a bowl game is the minimum standard for success for BYU football in year one of Big 12 play, what is it for men's basketball? Braden K on Instagram says, honestly, just win at home. 
get in a 700 win percentage range at home. Okay. Does that include all games, non-con and Big 12? Because <laughs> the 700 win percentage in Big 12 play would be crazy good. Yeah. He continues, hopefully that translates to around 500 on the season or around there. Okay, so he is including non-conference games in that logic. Yeah, I, and I would guess BYU would probably schedule like eight or nine of the 13. At home. At home. And who cares if so they're quote-unquote cupcakes? Yeah. Okay. John Taylor on Instagram says, there should never be a season that BYU basketball isn't in NIT or better. So he's saying NIT is the minimum threshold for success, even in year one of the Big 12. The schedule will be so hard that strength of schedule will benefit BYU. BYU does not need to get to 20 wins to make the NIT or thereabouts, right? Yeah. Utah State made it with 18 wins last year, 18 and 15. BYU could probably be in a 16-ish win situation. Yes. And perhaps yes. it depends on the net and how many wins. BYU's net's going to be amazing next year. Like, <laughs> net's never going to be an issue. BYU's going to be top 50 a lot. Um, obviously, you need to win some games to help yourself. You could sure. kind of stink that way. But, um, you know, you, you won't slide out of the top 100, I, th- I think, rarely. Um, unless you're just like 2 and 10 or something. Yeah. Our Elite Voice of the Day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes from Lance A. on Twitter. Says, the goal is always to make the NCAA tournament. Sure. Iowa State, goal, was, yeah. Iowa State was the seventh place team in the Big 12 last year, and they made it to the Sweet 16. They won seven games in the Big 12. It is they less, won seven. It is less about success in conference and more about making the tournament. Well, those, those are correlated. Like the, the, better, the more quality wins you have in the Big 12, the more likely you are. Minimum thresholds making the tournament? Woo. No. That's, Today's rise that's, and shout-out. maximum threshold. Presented by Mountain America, the official credit union in BYU Athletics. How about Kyle Van Noy as an analyst for NFL Network on Fred Warner? Did a great job yesterday. Multiple takes that were really good. Our thanks to today's guest, Brady Christensen. Sorry to spit it. We ran out of time. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to the aforementioned Skylar Halford, one of the first recipients of our karma. We'll see you tonight for BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Go Cougs!